0: I'm looking forward to when Alan comes on. We'll talk about when he gets on here, but uh, Alan quit the show at one point. Like oh, ep- episode seven is called oh. Alan quits the podcast. Wow. And uh, oh, I- <laughs> Massenberg. Massenberger. My man
1: outside, outside. Look at him. <laughs> bro, you, you're on mute, bro. I don't even want to correct it. Property box.
2: my uber got a flat tire and kicked me out the car <laughs> what the fuck i swear that's to god you know, bro I'm, I'm pissed off i was like yo you can't just take me he was like no 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 I gotta oh, get <laughs>
1: my man yo. my man going through it and you going through it and this that's terrible i'm so sorry to hear that
0: you're like in a gateway shopping center yeah well. where, are you, where are you at gospel front, time Church in behind
1: church you? in brooklyn next to a church in the the checkers and the pop pods over there, so you know it's the hood. Yeah, Damn you and you out, you outside, bro.
0: They probably got Wi Fi in the church. Yeah, God got yeah. you on this one. Nah, bro.
1: if it's if it's a black church, they ain't got no Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> ain't big enough for that. Nah, man, they just got they just got that they just got that AC uh, t- fixed last week.
2: <laughs> the name of the church is, is this Gospel Truth.
1: Yeah, there ain't no Wi Fi in there. <laughs> they ain't even got you. You you got to use your cellular data for that. That's what that is.
0: How really? I mean, are you feeling good about the? You'll be able to, you're good or you want to? I'm waiting on another Uber. <laughs> Interactive episode of Proper Robotics.
1: <laughs> we all How you doing, Mr. Toyo, man? I haven't seen you guys go. Brother, I mean, I'm all right, man. I'm a little worried about you,
0: but I'm. <laughs> Trying to deflect over here. How are you doing? Yeah, it's like how are
1: you doing? I'm inside. It's like my studio apartment. I'm alright. How are you?
0: You're <laughs> oh, in. Damn. Oh, you're in. Are you in New York right now?
2: Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn right now. Like I was going from my girl's uh, spot to the store. I was going to record at the store, or whatever. And I knew I was going to be like three minutes late. Yeah, you know I mean, I was like, oh, that's, that's all right. I'll be all right. But then we get we get like a block and he's like, Yeah, I got flat tire. Get out and look. I'm like, get out and look. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why why I gotta do work? Yeah. He was like, Do you know where to get a flat tire fixed? I was like, No, but just keep driving. Like
0: yeah. are you far away from the shop?
2: No, I'm not, but I'm too far to walk. You know what I mean? And <laughs> oh, I got yeah. like a I got a box with me and everything. So like
0: Well, I mean, everyone, uh to proper bonnox. It's proper <laughs> bonnocks. <laughs> Robert Box. <laughs> with Kirk and Alan. Uh, Alan, he, he's, uh, Alan goes through it uh, here and there. And these are one of those moments where he is going through it. So uh, we will work with you. We, we, we're going to be covering a bunch of things. This is a very special episode. And one of those reasons why uh, this episode's special, we got a very special guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know him. You love him. Respect him. Give it up for Stoya.
1: hey hey guys thank you so much for having me on the podcast i'm very excited to be on property bonics this, this yeah,
0: is we've had a a short list of of guests for like a while since like we started this and you've always been on it so it was like for the 100th episode it's like oh this seems is fitting
1: it feels good it feels good name the yeah, name man. is solid out the product is trusted out here it feels good yeah
0: man it feels good. indeed and as mentioned man this is a special episode in the sense that this is episode 100 Man. Proper bonics. We're in triple digits, bro.
1: Congratulations to y'all. Yo, I hey, didn't we, think we, we was gonna make it this far.
0: We may not. <laughs> we may not. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still it's still to be determined, right? It's still like, <laughs> hey man, we we holding on. Yeah, man. Um, I was just telling Satoya before this, um, how uh I was doing some uh flashbacks and uh how episode seven of Alan quits the podcast. We almost did not make it, episode ten.
2: Bro, you quit episode seven? You look, you don't understand. I was this is how how dedicated I was to the podcast. I was so mad that we couldn't find a time to get together. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't. We all, you know, it's me got my schedule. You got Kirk's schedule. Then you got producer Pat his schedule. We all do stand up. We got lives, so we couldn't like find time to get together. You know, it was in
0: person at that time too. So it was like. Yeah. driving to Harrisburg and coordinating that and it, w- it definitely was difficult at times and like because we wanted to do it like weekly every yeah. other week and we found we were doing like maybe two episodes per month if we were lucky
1: right
0: um and then that uh, the frustration bubbled up in Alan. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah.
1: Alan Alan wanted a commitment to this relationship Alan said <laughs> we're not putting in this quality time Goddamn it. <laughs> And I will end this, okay? (laughs) I care. I care, but I can't go on like this anymore. Please.
0: That's essentially, yo, Alan, you had a speech. You can just like, yo, guys, I got something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) My man man went Pearl Harbor,
1: y'all. All All the guys that listen. Hey, I'm going to air y'all out right quick. Let me, hey, let me put you on game. I ain't happy. <laughs> and if I ain't listen, happy, man. can't nobody be happy.
2: I was thinking about it before I got there too. Like I remember, I was consulting with my close friends. I was like, "Yo, man, listen, I really want to do this, but like, we ain't ever doing it. You know, we just it's just mm-hmm. not working. You know." And it's like, and I thought about it. Listen, man, that, that speech wasn't out the blue. I, was, I drove for forty minutes thinking about it.
0: I sense it i I've, I took up the role of the the partner that has done wrong. Yeah. I was like, "Give me one more chance. Yep, yeah, give me yeah. one more chance. <laughs> Let's get on this mic one last time." Yep. And if you Alan, don't feel right after that, you can walk.
1: Alan, hit y'all on some, hey, we got to talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> the most dreaded, anytime you hear your girl say that, oh, we got to talk, you'd be like, oh, no, oh, okay. Yeah, but you got to be cool, right? You got to be cool. You got to hit, oh, we got to talk. Okay, when um, you want to talk right now? Nah, I'm going to come see you. All right, what, what's this about? Oh, you don't know when I get there. Oh. <laughs> I uh-huh. read
2: the, I remember a, a woman just hit me like, Randomly. I don't like the whole hey, come over, we gotta talk. Yeah. Just talk to
1: me randomly. That's
2: better. Yeah, tell me now. Uh-huh. Like, yeah,
1: tell me now. Don't sit there and be like, yeah. yeah, let's talk tomorrow. I gotta I gotta do it a whole day. <laughs> Just like that.
0: The anxiety <laughs> runs to the suspension of it. You want to prep up though for those talks. Like I had a, I had a talk with my roommate uh like a year or two ago, and I was like, Yo, I have some things to say. And then uh, he was like, Oh, you want to do it right now? I was like, No, nah, I gotta eat first. Like I was like, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get this energy. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> so like, I, I was like, "Nah, man, not right now." Yeah. So I ate my ramen noodles, knocked on his door. Yeah. We walked to the living room, and it was a very effective conversation. So right,
1: yeah, nice. my man, had some energy in him. He was taken care of. He said, "Nah, let me eat first before I put, <laughs> before I put this work on you." <laughs>
0: if Bay wants to talk to you, try to get her when she hasn't had a full course meal yet. Yeah, try to get her. yeah. she's too quickly. Yeah,
1: because yeah, they're already coming through mega prepared they already got a powerpoint presentation they got all their they done screen capped everything they already <laughs> yeah bro they already ready so it's already you know that's the thing when they sit there and they say no nah, let's plan for this time it's like nah they're getting a full course meal in <laughs> they, they got their nails done you know they did yoga in the morning they are good they got their coffee and they took shit they ready they ready
0: and they good for die. them if you, yeah. uh, in terms of communication, if you want to effectively get your point across, sh- shout out to them for that. You got to like get your point across. Sometimes you got to get the energy ready and all that. Um, before we go too further into all that stuff, and for those of you that don't know and all that stuff, uh, you know, welcome to the podcast. At, at episode 100, I feel like you're probably, you probably have an idea of what's going on right now. Um, <laughs> Alan is outside, he's committing to the bit. Uh, <laughs> Alan's in these streets. Um,
2: I, I keep scrolling back to my uber app to see where the hell this other driver is at
0: uh, it's all good and if you' if your data doesn't get burnt out it's it's I, I don't want you to kill your data though
2: it's 2021 I got unlimited data right
1: like,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm still on 2g's right now on, <laughs> all you
1: gotta get on that 5g bro you gotta you gotta come
0: you gotta come home yeah man. I, i'm trying I, they keep giving me warnings like use this amount of data I'm like all right well I guess I'm driving home with no music today. Uh <laughs> I will drive in silence. That is okay. I will you gotta grow
2: silent. up, anyway. Kirk. I mean
0: grow up. I mean I gotta grow up. I'm very grown.
1: Yeah. Kirk's still waiting for nine o'clock to make calls. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, hey, don't text me after nine. That's when my texts get unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> I say you, you gotta text me after nine for that. <laughs>
0: for those those new to though a note new to our guests, uh is a, a comedian uh based in Philadelphia. Um has been Doing for quite some time. Uh, one of the when I first started back in like uh, laughs in Fairmont, that was like one of my first like Philly rooms. Um, that was like my introduction to a lot of people, uh, you being one of them as well. And you've been a, a staple uh, within the community for quite some time. Um, so, yeah, Matt, it's it's interesting. Like, do you, in terms of performing, um, what would you? Because I know before you were in Ohio, is that correct? Yes. How, how has that transition been? I know it's been a few years for you, but I know that was uh, like what made that choice of coming to Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I mean, long story short, man, yeah, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I, I started comedy out there. And it was uh, it was interesting for me because basically I was having a lot of fun in Columbus and I was learning the rules and I was learning basically, you know, Columbus is a good place to start because it, it tells you everything that you need to know. The bare bones basics. There were enough mics. There were enough showcases. The problem with it was is that I, I felt that it was a problem. I happened to be the only open micer who was black, who was a black dude. So while I'm getting a lot of opportunities and stuff like that, I, I had this sinking feeling that <clears throat> I'm in this mostly white space. And, I, I you know, so as a result, it wasn't it, it's, it was home. It wasn't pushing me to do nothing. Right. And I remember having a dream where I was in D.C. I was at the D.C. Improv. And I had a dream where I was on stage and I was saying words and the audience was just looking at me
3: mm. and I
1: had this sinking feeling that, oh, man, this place ain't really pushing me to really to have to. I- I'm able to, just to talk about some shit that I can just get away with. That ain't really nothing because I'm just around all these white folk all like this. So Mm -hmm. I had a really sinking feeling that now if I go somewhere where where it's a a more diverse environment, they gonna look at me like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Like, why? Why is he talking in this way? Why isn't he talking about himself in a more authentic form? Um, So I did Columbus Funniest Person. I made it to the finals and I was like, all right, well, I'm kind of done here. Um, Let me go somewhere else. And I don't know why I, I knew I wanted to go east but a lot of my homies had gone to New York and it just stopped doing comedy because they had to start all over again. And the cost of living was so expensive that Mm -hmm. there was no time to do comedy. They'd be working all day and then they'd be depressed in this bigger, faster environment and they just go home and want to eat, you know? So I was like, well, I don't want that to happen to me. Uh, Let me see. And I just, I thought of Philly because I had never seen a bad artist come out of Philly. Like you ain't never seen your artist get big that's from Philly that's ever been bad. It just doesn't happen. So I was like, let me figure out if I like these coast and let me go to Philly and get my ass kicked and it kicked my ass. So
0: when you mentioned the idea of like starting out in Ohio and doing the open mics there, did you when getting kind of like those fundamentals, did you feel like you were able to build a foundation that was able to help you when you did go to Philly?
1: Yeah. So when I came when I came here, I already had like 15 minutes. Now, looking back, it's not to say these 15 minutes were good, but they were 15 actual, you know, minutes of consistency. Um, so I already had a framework of my jokes. Uh, so it was a good it was good to come into a space with those jokes, to, mm. with those things. Keep in mind, all of those jokes are gone. I th- I use one. Uh, yeah, all of them are gone. But I had I had something, you know what I'm saying, to, yeah. to then come into the space with. And then be like, here's what I have to present. So I was competent. You know what I'm saying? And then quickly realizing, okay, this shit got to go though.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Even when like material isn't necessarily like grade A, having that in you of like just some sort of structure, it kind of gives you like a level of like confidence of like, okay, well I have the outline for this. I know like I'm not just going into this without knowing anything. And at that time, a lot of times, at least for me, I'll look back at material where it's like I'm not using this again, but back then I was like I feel good about this. Yeah. So well, like, you're going on stage with stuff like yeah, this is I do feel good about this. Maybe yeah. just not recognizing that it could be better.
1: It's great a for what you have at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the best thing that you have <clears throat> at that time. And of course you'll go back and watch old sets. Like I have old sets from when I first moved out here. Like still, and I'm like oh this crowd, it went well. This crowd liked it. It was a good set. For, for that time, objectively for that time period, it's a good set. Now I can look at it and be like, that was dog shit. I yeah. would never say that <laughs> ever again, but that's what I had at the time and it worked
2: at that time. Yeah. Um, one of the good things of coming from um, somewhere else and then like popping up already with established jokes and stuff is people never seen you like. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like, you know, those comedians that you see just starting out. You're like, man, they're really bad, really yeah. bad. Because we all are when we first begin, but people have never seen that, you know, in Philly from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I came came in with something.
1: So it was even like the first the first mic I went to was the Raven Lounge. Mm. And I remember introducing myself to the hosts and it was Conrad Roth. And he was like, that's funny. No one's introduced themselves to me before. (laughs) But but coming from where I came from, that's what you did. Like you went to the any mic you went to. You went to the host and you, especially if it was your first time there, you went to the host and introduced yourself. So that's yeah. just what I went and did. And they put me up at 150 in the morning. I got there at eight o'clock, but yeah. I you know, I didn't complain. I was like, OK, cool. Saw when the list was, went up there and, you know, they were laughing at one like at, at that time. They didn't expect me. They just like, they were, oh, he's got jokes. And mm. then Conrad, he was like, <clears throat> Oh, I didn't know you actually like had, had done this. And I was like, uh, like "Yeah, man, I just moved here. I'm from I'm from Ohio. And he's like, oh, you should have just told me you was a comic. And I was like, I thought that that was clear when I introduced myself <laughs> to you.
0: <laughs> they come here to do for this comedy open mic. I right. <laughs> I guess they're used to especially a place like Raven. A lot of people, they it is like their first time going up and it's like, oh, just open mic. And sometimes, as I'm sure you've seen, it's like, I, so are they doing is this what they came here to do sort of thing? Is this yeah. meant for comedy? It seems like they're just kind of saying things.
1: Yeah. And also remember at that time here, Raven back then was kind of brutal. Like mm. and not not so much in terms of like, oh, it was not to say it was like bad. But nah, man, it was, it, you know, comedy back then was much harsher. You know, it was, mm. just, it was much, much harsher, much more like get the fuck out of my way type of energy. So and it, killers were coming through all the time. So it was one of them things where it was just like, hey, man, like we we here to work and we here to kill. And, you know, we here to like, you know, suck a girl's titties in the in the restroom after we done crushing up here. We don't really give a fuck about what 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 like. So it was that type of energy, you know, so it was like everybody you either either you were an established dude and everyone knew and you came correct and you were respected and and, or you were just some jabroni. And it's like, get the fuck over there until you prove that you have something and that you're worth something. I got cocaine yeah. to do in this bathroom. Bro.
0: I like the idea of just like just being a jabroni in there to suck breasts. I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess there's comedy here, too. But hey, that's, man, why, I that's why I
1: told you to move to Philly just to suck. Right. <laughs> hey, man, I had to suck different titties out here, man. You know? uh,
0: <laughs> I haven't done Raven Lounge much. I've been there before, but my impression of Raven Lounge has always been that's um, almost like a almost like a nightclub feel to it. Mm-hmm. Almost like a, a, a night, like almost like a, a punk rock yes. uh, nightclub feel to it. And the idea of like performing comedy within that it takes a lot of like commanding the stage, yeah, sort of thing. It takes a lot of like, okay, you could light me (laughs) at like a minute or two, but if I'm saying the proper things, it's like you can't even light me right now. Yeah, like I'm commanding the space. Yeah,
1: if I'm if I'm cooking, you got to let that ride. Yeah, like Raven. Yeah, to me, I think Raven at its best when it's run properly is basically a, it's a party that happens to have stand up comedy right so, you know and, and 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 there's a wildness it's wildly intimate because of the space and yeah you do have to command them at all times you know mm. you like you have to have the microphone and you got like the audience has to know oh he ain't afraid of us we're going to listen to what they got to say yeah. you know like and and again even if and and you got to be prepared for the unexpected like, you just got to be prepared that there might be somebody in this audience who is annihilated, mm-hmm. right? Like, who is just drunk off their ass. And you got to be able to handle that and make it work to the best of your ability in that space, especially if you're like, now nah, I got shit I actually got to work on.
0: Right. You know? And
1: plus, given its location, it's three blocks away from Helium Comedy Club. So, back in the day, you would always have the, the host for like, so it's on a Thursday night. So, you would have the host. The feature and the headliner generally just come through and do a set. And it was one of those environments where back in the day, you know, if Kurt Metzger came in to do a set because he's headlining all weekend at Helium Comedy Club. Guess what? Kurt doing 30 and everybody's night is fucked up wherever you thought you was going. You ain't going there. And if you do get up, you got two minutes and (laughs) oh, you, you you mad about that. Get fucked. Either deal with it or leave. Yeah. And you had to sit there and be like, "Can I deal with that?" Because then and then all of a sudden, you get to see killers for thirty minutes. Ted, Ted Alejandro's coming through. Right. What mm. you gonna do? You gonna say no? Miss Pat coming through? You gonna say no? You gonna be right. mad that that you can that you can sit under this learning tree of greatness and be like, oh, "Okay, as well, well. Yeah. yeah."
0: Yeah, you use the word intimate, and that's something that I I've always associated with. It, it is a very intimate experience and in having to like kind of uh be fluid with it. Like you could go there uh, with like material of like oh this is like what I want to work on but if you don't do the work to like uh, address the space almost yeah. or be within the space at the very least yeah. it seems like it, it can kind of uh, the, it could, the room won't necessarily like turn on you but like you could you could lose your lose your pace even if you're doing grade A material Yeah, um, which I think is a very special thing to have Yeah, I think it's good to have rooms like that yes. of like because I feel like I've seen like you King Cobb and like Enfrosio um, and, and Astoria is one of the the hosts at Ravens, or was hosting for quite some time, um, and you're able to see that in your style even outside of Raven Lounge yeah. of like that commanding the space yep. and being able to work with the audience and it feeling very natural. And uh, I can't help but feel like rooms like that can be accredited for it.
1: Definitely, spots like Raven demand that you be present at all times. Mm. Like they just demand that you be present, so that doesn't so does it doesn't matter. It teaches you to be more present so no matter where you go and I think I you know to anyone listening if they're in another comedy city or whatever else they have their spot that is akin to that I would hope but yeah. it's like it just it's a space that demands that you be present at all times so that when you do go to these bigger spaces you have that skill set within you that it's like not only do you have your jokes do you have your material you are present so you mm-hmm. are bringing them into this. Right. So it's to the like point that. that it's it's not so much that not only are you funny, but your shit is fun. Yeah, you know what I'm saying fun element.
0: Yeah, I I think of the the quote. Um, it's it's better to be uh, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So if you're yeah. you're going into those other spaces, you know, and like if you're prepared because you've been to war before, it's yeah. going to help you out a lot. Yeah, you're um, not a,
1: you're not as shook. Alan knows you go into them spots. You'd be like, okay, all this, everything gets demonstrably easier in your brain to handle because <laughs> mm-hmm. you'd be like, I have seen <laughs> shit, <laughs> you know.
0: Alan's seeing some shit right now. Oh yeah, Alan,
1: Alan, 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 frozen in the matrix right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan
0: took the interactive approach for episode one hundred. <laughs> of like, uh, if you choose A or B, Alan will go on this side of town. Or does Alan go to the other side.
2: No, I'm present. I'm present with you guys. I'm here. I'm just yeah, my, my computer set up really quick. Cool. Right. This okay. is
0: the most location changes I've seen in one
1: episode.
0: <laughs> it's episode 100, baby. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about comedy and all that stuff, but um to get into some quick topics. Um I, I from my understanding, you're you're you are you are you watch UFC? Yes, I do. And uh UFC uh, 268 tonight. Mm -hmm. this is a big one it's a big big one one. this is uh yeah this has been in the making for quite some time Mm -hmm. uh we got uh usman versus covington colby Mm -hmm. covington kamara usman uh Mm -hmm. for the welterweight championship it's going to be part two many people consider their first match to be one of the best in the welterweight divisions um both trained and wrestling their first match stood up the whole time um, and a lot of people that may not be familiar with, uh, UFC or just MMA may just be aware of the antics that have been around, uh, this fight and how they've been building it for the last two years and such. Yeah. Um, have, do you have any, any, any picks in this one?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, it's important to note that I am a first generation Nigerian American. That's right. So I am Kamaru Usman all the way.
0: Nigerian nightmare.
1: Uh, yeah. The Nigerian nightmare. Uh, So, you know, I'm Nigerian. We hold ourselves to a certain standard. Kamaru Usman has done right by the culture. Uh, He continues to do right by the culture. He's an absolute stud in the cage. So I'm Usman all day. And that little snowtep, Colby Covington, I hope he is ready to eat them hands. Um, Mm. Although, uh, and keep in mind, Covington is a dog in that cage too. He's not a scrub. He's We're a right. shit character and shit personality, yeah. uh, but he ain't no scrub in there. So, and also he's been pretty well rested. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't mm-hmm. had to do a lot in a while. So that has me a little nervous. Um, uh, but I'm going to go Usman.
0: I think Usman's going to take as well, just of almost the opposite. Like he hasn't been rested, mm-hmm. um, but the last two fights that he had, he did them pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um He's pretty well conditioned. Um, you know, He's just been showing consistently and boosting up over yeah. the last few years. Um, I think Covington, I, I think he's going to be very wild card. I don't know what to expect from Covington. I think Usman, he's kind of like honed in a style yeah. and just getting more and more proficient at that. Whereas Covington, the last time we saw him was probably against Woodley in 2019 or like the end of 2019 or so. And he was very dominant at that we don't know what he's going to pull in this. And, you know, he may have a little bit more motivation because he lost the first one. Yeah. Um, and his whole career over the last two years has been based on getting this rematch.
1: Yeah. He's definitely more motivated. Uh, the Woodley fight. I mean, Woodley was washed by that point. Right. So, you know, like we all know that, but yeah, man, he's definitely more motivated because, you know, Usman beat him up, you know I mean? Like Colby. Yeah. To to Pat's point, Colby beat the same guy Jake Paul did. So it's just like, you know, so it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think Covington, you know, Covington is a stud inside that cage, but he's been very inactive. He's actually talked his way into this fight more so than actually shown it. It's not like he's actually beaten dudes. Like right. he beat a former champion but he beat a former champion who Usman aged in the ring like right. those Usman fought woodley and aged him in, the, yeah. in the, you saw him get old in that fight because Usman was just all over him so Some... he's been able to talk his way into this fight which you know is peak whiteness.
0: it's it's i I give it credit and sense because a lot of people could say like oh well you know if we're looking at this from a purist angle how comes it's not leon edwards versus usman Mm -hmm. sort of thing um but i think that speaks to you know the idea of hyping up a fight and the credit to it of like this is what people want like leon edwards sure maybe and ranking wise why not but i want to see the covington versus usman um, not to mention the pre press conference and they're, they're doing a Madison square garden of all places. Um, so it has that big fight feel to it. Um, the whole card is going to be good. Um, they have a Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, yes. uh, in the lightweight division. It was going to start the card off. That's- um, and these two are, they're, they're quite, uh, they're quite dynamite in the ring. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I'm prepping up by going Buffalo Wild Wings. My buddy Ray, shout out to Ray, of
1: course. Of course.
0: Yeah, we're gonna go. To the, we're gonna get seats at like eight o'clock. The fight's not gonna start probably until eleven fifty. Um, we're just gonna secure the bag, and then uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a nice time. Does it come on pay per view? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's up like ESPN Plus, and then from there you buy the pay per view, which we didn't want to do, so we just uh, go to Buffalo Wild Wings and just pay for the wings instead.
1: Yeah, that's what we used to do back in uh, Columbus. We go to BW threes, Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was like, yeah, man, we'll just spend like 40 bucks on food as opposed to dropping like $80 for this pay-per-view. And Mm -hmm. it's it's more the and it it was always fun because you're around all these people and you guys get to sit there and be. I remember the funnest UFC that I was that I was at at BW threes was McGregor Diaz 2. Oh, yeah. And because there were some Irish dudes in there and they were like, come on. Conor! Like, <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, I don't give a I don't give a fuck about no Connor McGregor. I think that I think that dude is square. So me and the homies are over there with Diaz heavy and we are We are. And so it's like a bunch of black dudes going back and forth with a bunch of Irish folk and and, <laughs> and both parties are down for the smoke. We was just younger. So it was just like, hey, man. It, we don't want it to happen, but y'all keep on going on with this Connor shit, and y'all keep on getting loud. You better fucking realize, you in America, son. We don't, we don't take. We seem to fall pick as fuck over here. You just because you're white don't mean we like you neither. We go yell back, you know, right. so, yeah.
0: Damn. I hope that doesn't happen tonight. They um, didn't, y'all,
2: y'all didn't. Y'all didn't want to get no drama, but def, they
1: definitely didn't want to get no drama. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hey, man, we know the way home. You. Right. You. Do know where my crib at? <laughs> Yours is far.
0: Uh, no. Will you be watching this tonight? Will you be tuning in?
2: So let me tell you, this is why Kirk is a great, great podcast partner, a great podcast host, because he knew that I was getting my stuff set up and I was mm-hmm. getting my shit together. Yep. He picked the topic that he already knew that I didn't have too much to on. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: He had that buffer for you. He's like, my man, hold you down out here. He's like, oh, no, master, I, I got him. I got. To worry about it. It's like, I'm I kill, I'm gonna kill 15 on this. Easy. It's be, all right. Yeah. So you know I'm not gonna be
2: watching it. I I love to watch the like the highlights on ESPN. That's my thing. Yeah. I love to see people get knocked out and all that stuff. But like I haven't. I haven't I'm not gonna lie. I haven't gotten into UFC. Like yeah, just haven't yeah. gotten into it.
0: Bro, this no, one no. may be the one to pull you in. This is like one of those monumental ones where it's like you're gonna be seeing a lot of different clips and there's a lot of like big narratives around it so yeah. it's it's beyond knockouts bro it's the art i feel like you may enjoy this one
1: also a good way to get plugged into it, at least for me mma twitter is is always fun so oh on goodness. twitter it's gonna be in real time you's gonna be finding stuff out and you know how twitter twitter is my favorite online you know app or whatever because everything's so instantaneous i, see, I see you so over fast. there you'd
2: be active you'd be on top of yeah. all the topics
1: yeah, I mean, because it's like it's just so quick and it's so interactive. And MMA Twitter is perfect because now you got Usman versus Covington. That's gonna bring in MAGA Twitter. That's gonna bring in Black Twitter. And, yeah. uh, the jokes, yeah. the jokes, immediate. And then as you're, you're gonna be, I'll, I'll just be there cooking. I'll just be like, yeah, boom. Now t- <laughs> I'll tell, tell you this much though. If Usman wins again, oh, oh, I'm gonna be so loud. I'm gonna be so <laughs> loud. I'm gonna be so, I'm be, I, I'm just, I'm gonna be unbearable. I'm gonna yeah. just be unbearable. I'm gonna just mm-hmm. sit there. Oh, look at this, snow Snowtep. Colby Covington, this fake Conor McGregor wannabe. That's mm. all he is. That's the thing that that's the thing that annoys me about Covington. It's smart, but it's like all he realized, he's not interesting at all. He's not an interesting personality. Right. So yeah. he had to come up with this MAGA character. He's basically doing Conor McGregor, just doing it worse.
0: He's doing McGregor meets Trump. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. that yesterday. What is like hand movements? He yeah. was doing some Trump stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. interesting.
1: This is all fake. His voice is annoying. Mm. Number one, he's ugly. Number two,
0: I'd which say he's is always man. he's, he's a always
1: man. a man. Nah, ugly. he's ugly. Him, he's,
0: he's a handsome man. Got the got nah, guy, he's
1: ugly, dude. He's ugly. Oh, he's ugly. I'm person. gonna give
0: credit where credit's due. I'm gonna say Covington. Nice smile. Oh, that's no, nice Covington, smile. Looks,
1: Covington. Yeah, Covington looks like the the niggas I went to high school with. That man is so mid. Mm. <laughs> like he's, a, he's a he's mid, bro. Objectively, he the called him Reggie. Had, yeah, he's a regular <laughs> dude. <laughs> it, here's the here's how you know he's ugly. If he was fat, he'd be disgusting. Uh. <laughs> Way way the real test actually. of a, the real test of an objectively pretty person if they gained a whole lot of weight but their face was still cute you'd be like that's a pretty person yeah Covington wouldn't be like that you'd be like ew. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Girl. damn i'm trying to picture like what it'd be like if i was chubby damn am i cute yeah
1: I, Look, patty was it looks like every police sketch of a mass shooter Facts. <laughs> Fact.
2: now i gotta look up and see what covington looks like
0: yeah no definitely um definitely check him out with that um no real quick you know while we're, while we're getting into it uh alan you want to get some uh prop suggestions
2: yeah I, i'll definitely to get some suggestions
0: prop suggestions man <laughs> Um, my uh, my prop suggestion uh, is going to be uh, actually let's go. We'll do a mutual one. Prop suggestion is going to be uh, check out uh, Megan and Alyssa's show Ghosted at Punchline. Yes. um uh, it's a, a show where comics do their sets and they have a partner ghost sets for them. Um, Alan and I were lucky enough to do this uh, this Thursday and it was a blast. It was a blast to do. It was a blast just to watch the audience. You could tell they were really into it um it gave you know as a comic the opportunity to like be able to write for someone else which doesn't always pop up and if you're interested in writing that's you know that's a very cool exercise to be able to do and be able to execute as well uh, so that's my prop suggestion if you're in the philly area punchline area which sorry i know you're you're around there quite often uh check out ghosted wonderful yeah. show
2: I, I agree with your suggestion, but I think the only problem is it only happens once a year.
0: Yeah, this prop suggestion is going to be a yearly one. If you're in 2022 <laughs> right now, yeah, yeah. keep this Fantastic. pop suggestion in mind.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a suggestion next. My suggestion, and this is not what I plan to do, but I suggest that we always give ourselves a buffer. Like if you have to go anywhere, give yourself like a 10 to 15 minute buffer. Yeah. Black people stop showing up exactly on time. Yeah, because you never know what's going to happen to your Uber's tires. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Just give yourself a buffer, man. Because like yeah. I learned the hard way. I was like, I was like, I'm pushing it. But then when this happened, I was like, I gotta stop pushing shit. I gotta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I hear, I hear that, man. I I I struggle with time management. Um, with a lot of things, and it's hard to, I don't know. I I'm always like, you know, this is something that I'll improve on. Or even when I'm in the moment, I'm like, you know, what? it's not gonna. I'll be there. It's fine. Then like, there's yeah. a minute before it starts. It's like, ah, yeah. I had 20 minutes. I was yeah. playing UFC four for like 40 minutes. Why, yeah. why did I do this?
1: Yeah. yeah. You always want to give yourself that butt. Cause yeah. Cause you never want to sit there. Uh, to me, it's, it's anxiety inducing. So, mm. so if I don't give myself enough time, like I'm anxious yeah. because, because no matter what, like you say, it's like, Oh, my, someone's tires could go. Yeah. And then I'm just sort of stuck out here and I hate being dependent on other people. Yes. So I hate being dependent on other people and other people. So I'll leave a spot like Jen. Like I'm at punchline tonight. I mm. always try to make sure and it's my comfort. It doesn't it doesn't matter if I'm hosting or if I'm featuring. Mm. I mean, yeah, I featured at Helium a couple of weeks ago. I was still there an hour early just for mm. myself, yeah. just, just, just for myself. Like, nah, man, put yourself right in there because I know me. I'll fuck around and just start doing other shit. And then, oh, I need to be there. Yeah. And then next. So it's either I got to be there an hour early I'm going to be there 15 minutes before the show starts. And I'm going to, and then they're going to be like, where are you at? And I'm like, oh, I was, I'm on the way. And I hate that. I don't want to go, where are you at? Like, nah, nah, I got it.
0: I feel we both had that on Thursday. I showed up like ETA wise 30 minutes early, punchline. Then there was like three concerts going on, Mm -hmm. no parking. Um, So I got there like maybe 10 minutes prior. I know you had a similar incident as well. It's like, it's, it's an annoying feeling. It's like, ah, especially when like you do make that buffer. I'm like, oh, no, I did do this, yes. but X, Y, and Z did happen. It's like, oh, come yeah. on. Like,
2: yeah, it was, it was really bad on Thursday. I ended up, like, parking – I parked on, like, the sidewalk. And, that's like – Right, yeah. I got lucky. I didn't get a ticket or anything, so it was good. But, yeah, I different. didn't give myself a buffer. I didn't – I'm really – I like to play with time. Like, I like uh-huh. to be, like – can, I, fucking, can, I, do this? can yeah. I shave off
1: 10 minutes from my GPS? Yeah. CTA? <laughs> Alan, Alan, a daredevil boy with that time. And he had daredevil. This man got kids. So my man, right? man said, Can I pull it off? <laughs> you are a
2: father. Look, two, two times I was late. Okay. Two yeah, times.
1: Right? <laughs> Huzzah. Goddamn. Yeah, man. That's
0: all. Um, Stoy, do you, by chance, you have any suggestions? It's not required, but...
1: No, I, yeah, I do. Actually, I want to go along with that. Hey, if you guys have Amazon Prime, you should check out Eric Terrell's special. Uh, hey, Eric Terrell has a special. Uh, is live at Helium Comedy Club. It is excellent. It is very good. It is a real... It's a throwback to comedy specials in that it's one take. It, it's one shot. It's him, hard camera, jokes. It's not... He did it over multiple shows. All the comedy specials that you guys watch now... It's done over multiple shows, the vast right. majority of them. And then it's spliced all together. Um, and sometimes there's a laugh track, which makes it obnoxious as hell. Nah, Eric Terrell's is the real deal. It's him, that audience. You hear it, you feel it, everything. Uh, so if you have Amazon Prime, hey, man, put $10 down and, and check out Eric Terrell. He's very funny.
0: Yeah, definitely. Good suggestion.
2: Um, I think, Kirk, might've, you might have given that suggestion when it first dropped, didn't you?
0: I may have, Yeah. yeah i'm not shout sure Yeah, yeah overall just always shout out to him
2: i wanted to touch on the point that you just made though satoya i, I i've seen comedians like they'll have like they record a special and they have like two shows a night yeah. i didn't know that they were like taking did they literally like wear
1: the same clothes yeah <laughs> they were the same they wear the same thing yeah i didn't know that yeah
0: sometimes it's on the same night too though yep. it's like yeah, they'll, they'll do shoot. like seven yeah. and nine o'clock
1: yep You'll have a seven show a nine show. I opened for Calvin Evans at healing comic club. He did his album taping two shows and, and best believe that, that it's going to be spliced together. It, it was this, it was all, for all intents and purposes, the same set. Um, but he's going to have to look at both sets and see how to, I like, I like this joke on the early show. I like this joke on the late show. And then the engineer has to get together and then create an album out of those two shows. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, it's it's a, hey, it's all game out here. You know, you know <laughs> it is it's all game out here, man. It's, I man. think
0: that's like uh I don't know, some people could see that and think like it's like deceptive, but I feel like that's uh progression. It's progression, yeah. in comedy, right there. Like it's not just like, oh, we're gonna do this in one take and just treat it like it's this little project. It's like, no, this is like what I'm working on. This yeah. is something I've worked working on for years. I want the best product. Yeah. And yeah, and also you get like sales from two different shows, too. Yes. So yes. I think that's like a, I think that's a good practice. You
2: know, I, yeah. get, I get to doing the two shows thing, but I always thought like the first show was just like, make sure I got it all down pat. And then yeah. the second show, I would just murder it. But I didn't
1: know they were just combining the footage and put it together like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. They, Yeah, they just combine and put it together, bro. Like if you watch, and I, this is why I don't watch a lot of comedy specials. Honestly, Um, the last one I did watch kind of depressed me because mm-hmm. you could see I'm like, that was that was you could oh, that little 30 seconds there. that's a different time. It's actually a totally um, different because you were sweating in this clip <laughs> and now you not you dry all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's a different show, bro. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> the and, most... and, again,
1: and again, what was even wild about that is they had a they had piped in laughter. Mm, and, oh. and it, it was and again, but again, it's game. Now these people are funny. The, 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 their 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 comedy cannot be questioned. Right. It, it was a way to maximize, because it's all for TV. It's all for it's all for Netflix. It's all for the streamings. So it's yeah, just but... like it's just them overproducing the product. So in that end, to that end, on to watch it on TV, it kind of bugs my brain a little bit. To so mm-hmm. listen to it, it's much easier for me. But yeah. like to hear that laugh track in there, I was like, bro, this is. I'm so happy for this person because they deserve this and no one else will really, the layman's won't really know, but watching this makes me sad. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stop, you know,
0: that was a different experience of like, uh, you know, you like doing, w- watching someone like you mentioned before, like they're all funny, but seeing them in person versus the Avenue of a recording where it may be overproduced. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could bring a little bit of a sadness to it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I feel like the most uh, almost turning it on its head example of it was a kill a messenger by Chris rock. Yeah. Where he just, he was like, he was like, I'm doing this in different locations. Like he didn't yep. try to like clip it. It was just like, here's a joke beginning of it. Uh, where I think there's like one, I'm in DC and the yep. next one, he was in Africa. I was like, ah, oh, all right, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. My man said, my man kill a messenger was interesting. Cause he was literally saying, Hey, here's game. Here's, yeah. here's, <laughs> here, here's what it actually is. And yeah, it, yeah cause he had a, uh, Bigger and blacker, I think it was. He had the uh, he had the live special, and then mm. he had his audio. And they were two different shows. They were two mm. totally bigger. And it's interesting because he killed on TV. And then his audio show, like, the, the audio was much tougher. Like, yeah. that crowd mm. was tight. They were tight as fuck. Yeah. And I was like, I've watched this on TV. He murdered. You know, and then listening to it, I'm like, y'all aren't. And I wasn't even – I wasn't even – I hadn't. I remember listening to that with no concept of ever doing comedy, and I remember even then knowing, man, they a little, they they kind of picky, <laughs> you I,
0: know. <laughs> I can see some like bits off. There was a Never Scared that yeah. he did. I could see there would be someone there where it's like the audience could be like maybe tight, and how like they would be able to enhance it uh, for yeah. TV. Yeah. Something yeah. something I wanted to, to mention to you. Uh, sorry, like the idea of, and you mentioned this a little bit of like of opening for people, whether helium punchline and uh, kind of working with a lot of like national performers and national headliners. Um, I saw a while back you did John Witherspoon, which I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, what, what would you say uh, for those that may be doing like open mics and like maybe get an opportunity to host or even feature uh, for some of these bigger names? Um, how, how do you navigate that from a social aspect? Like say like you're in the green room, an individual. How do you go about that?
1: Well, um, understand that you ain't the show. Mm -hmm. Right. You're you're the add on to the show. You are supposed to be, if nothing else, uh, best case scenario, you are the pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you are just the thing that helps the show move along. Um, So you have to be especially if you're the host, you got to be flexible because it's going to because the truth of the matter is when you're not the headliner, the time that you're working, your boss is actually the headliner. The headliner could fire you at any moment i've seen it i've seen it happen justified and unjustified right so the headliner could be like yo mm." so you so one most headliners that i've encountered have been cool they're cool people right even if they're superstars they may just be aloof they may not want you in the green room especially with covid they may not want you in the green room that's totally understandable because they got shit to do and they're like it's not even disrespect it's like hey bro i i got i got stuff coming up (laughs) i can't really this is my job you know so um being flexible is is a, a huge part of that um, punchline is great because they got two green rooms. So it's like I really don't need to be in the same room with this person, especially during the pandemic. We 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 ships in the night. So it's not really necessary. Go Best up for both make, parties. Yeah. Yeah. Go up. Say hi. Be respectful. Know how to do your job in that if you're hosting, your job is to get them ready for humor. So be a person who knows how to be humorous um okay. also be a person who knows how to engage the audience when you are hosting not only do you have to be funny you have to engage them in the act of laughter and in the act of making noise mm. so it's not enough to be like hey what's up here's your puns or hey my name is this i'm gonna do some jokes nah tell them what night it is tell them who the headliner is like say yo yo the headline, this is the person you paid to see let's give it up for that engage them constantly and yeah. then hit them with your jokes and be interactive and present with them. Um, that's your job as the host. Cause then you also have to learn what they want to be brought up with. So the feature may have some shit that they want to be said. You've got to remember that. You've got to remember that for the headliner also be flexible in that the headliner may say something like, Hey man, um, after the feature, can you do five more minutes? The reason the headliner is doing that is that it's to even the slate again. right? Because in all, yeah. for all for all intents and purposes, that feature is supposed to crush them. The feature mm-hmm. is the one that's ascending. They supposed to smash that audience, best case scenario. And that's great. But the headliners will be like, yeah, I, I need that evened out though. Yeah. I just need that evened out. And then you, as the host, are going to have to go back up there <laughs> when these people want to see the headliner <laughs> and you are going to have to deprive them from what they want (laughs) and in all likelihood they will be mad at you (laughs) they will think that you are selfish they will think you did it and they will they will be tough and you will be doing your jokes and they will not be happy yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you uh, have to and you got to eat it you got to sit there and be like all right this is going to be tough you do that five you bring out the headliner and that's just what that is you know like it's just I, i remember um eric terrell told me a story where um Open for a dude. I can't remember the dude's name. He's a legend. uh He's no longer with us. uh Damn. But the man just didn't want to come out. Uh-huh. Man just didn't. He'd be like, I'm sorry. It was Daryl Charles that told me this. He's like, man did not want to come out. So he'd be like, give it up for da da da. And the audience would <sighs> clap and did da And he would just be like, and man was not coming out. Man was inside reading the newspaper in the green room, just reading <laughs> oh. the newspaper. And so Daryl had to keep on do a, hey, mm, like he had to keep on working them. Was because yeah, the
0: feature he, was very good and they didn't want they wanted that even out, sort of thing. No, man was wanna... man was
1: man was just reading the newspaper.
0: Oh, okay, that happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Man was man was he wasn't worried about no feature. He a legend. He was like, <laughs> I was like I'm a he ain't worried about nothing like that. Ain't nobody gonna crush as hard as me. When you're that left, like you, there's a difference between you opening up between for a national headliner and opening up for a legend. right Right. john witherspoon is a legend He don't give a damn about ain't nobody crushing you know when he was with us nobody's burying him it's just not gonna happen he's a legend david Allen greer is a legend nobody's Mm. burying him right um you know so it's like rocking them nobody's burying them you know for the so but he just was uncon- he just was unconcerned and then he came out when he was when he was ready. The door opened and Daryl was always oh, ready. He's like, give it up. Give-. And then boom. And he was like, and when I tell you that no one would look at me after. the show, yeah, just... and, he, and he was I had a good set. But because of that, boom, but you're the host. You have to be flexible uh, as the, feature, the headliner. Yeah, exactly. As the feature, the feature is the best job in the world to me. Like feature, yeah. if you're working in a comedy club, aside from like the, the headliner, the headliner had you have other stressors as the headliner, right. you know, it's about selling the place out. That's a totally different situation feature. You just get to go up there and rock out for 20 to 30 minutes
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then you're done. <laughs> then you're, and then you are, and then you are done. So as the feature, I mean, it's still kind of the same deal, especially if you don't know the headliner. I mean, you know, be, if the headliner is cool and they're engaging, y'all can kick it. Otherwise just sort of be out, be out of the way. And then go up, do your set, smash them. uh, Because as the headliner, your main gig, if the host does their job, your main gig, you get to be funny. You just get Mm. to you you get to be funny and all that other stuff. That's it. The headliner can still be like, hey, don't do this to both the host and the feature. And the, the both parties have to like agree to that. But like other than that, as a feature, you have so much more freedom just to be funny.
0: Do you ever have you ever had an experience where a headliner may have asked you not to talk about a particular topic because they may or they just don't. I know sometimes they will be like, hey, maybe less so for features hosting like, hey, don't curse up front or hey, don't use particular language. Um, have you have you gotten any notable requests from a headliner?
1: Yeah, um, no cursing. I've had that one before and I've had there was a joke that I told and he was like, hey, could you not do that? Because I have a, I have a similar joke to that. Right. And he wanted to be the only one that told that joke. And it now keep now. Here's the thing. Now that it didn't hurt my set at all because it's not supposed to. But it's one of those things where okay, now you have to make an accommodation. How do I how do I still make this set as strong as effective as I can right. for the purposes of this show? Because that joke tied into the city that I was in. Yeah. Right. So it's like you, oh, you're taking that thing away from me. Now I can't pull them in with this regional with you know this you know reasonable Real
0: reference yeah sort of thing. I,
1: I can't pull them in with that i gotta pull them in in other ways but yeah mm-hmm. you just have to be uh down for that also when i when i started working clubs it's a little different because we used to have to, like audition you know what i'm saying like you used to have mm-hmm. to audition and the audition you had to be clean right so it's kind of like i was used to the idea of being clean in terms of clean meaning like not cursing um right. yeah. I was used to that sort of anyway, but those have only really been the only two requests. Other than that, like sometimes a headliner may be like, yo, kill five minutes, or um uh, or uh, you know, hey, uh wait 90 seconds, don't just bring me up right away. Right. But then sometimes I've I've featured and the headliner's been like, Hey man, I want you to do 35. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? I gotta take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they just so then that's just what that is, you know. Yeah, that's uh I was gonna right say. Now
2: what's your what's your etiquette when it comes to taking pictures with the headliner because i know that i for me personally i like i hate asking people to take pictures like even though i'd be like yo i should take a picture with this person they're they're dope i want to show my kids show people like Mm -hmm. how do you feel about like taking pictures with the headliners
1: man i hate that shit (laughs) because generally it's like we trying to i mean you got some you know you either trying to go home or trying to go to the next thing, but it is one of those things. Like to your point, you're correct. It's like, yeah, but I gotta show people I was here.
3: Yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying. So like, on some cases, I don't like. I'll just be like, yo, can we just uh, get a picture real quick? And that's just like that's just generally it. Now there's some cases where I didn't even care. I was gonna, I was gonna get that picture. Like, <laughs> like John Witherspoon, I was, yeah. right. I, was gonna, I was gonna get that picture. I was gonna get that picture. Like, <laughs> hey, hey man, I, I, I was like, hey, you know what? At this point, you, 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 the man to me. So I had no, I'm gonna bother him. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta send this to my mama, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, by and large, especially now, man, it's like, it's like, uh all right. But you do, you, it's the process of like, yeah, let's snap this thing for the headliner. I'm sure for them, it's like, I know you, you might not even really remember this. Is another town, it's another city for you. It's a different, it's a different thing for you entirely. But yeah, it's they one probably of
0: get things. it to an extent though, of like, oh, okay, well, from a, from an advertising standpoint for this person on the come up sort of thing. I think most of them could understand like, Oh yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That they would want this.
1: This yeah. is a thing to do, but what's so interesting to your point, uh, Massenberg is like, I think the last two people I worked with, I don't think I, the la- yeah, I don't think I did at all. I, I worked Josh pray. And then I worked Mitch Fattel mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't, I and had it not been, had it not been for the host, I wouldn't have done it. Like it literally was the host being like, yo, we got to get a picture because right. I was so like not I was I was so not in the headspace. And I think probably just I was just having such a fun time because I wasn't opening that. I was like, right. you know, whatever. And then they were like, oh, no, we got to get a picture. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. OK, cool. Sometimes it's
0: the best when someone else proposes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it really like, is. oh, well, all right. Well, if someone else opened that can.
1: <laughs> yeah. Had, yeah. Real rap. Had it not been for them, I would have forgot. I would have just gone home with just the check like, mm-hmm. you know, just to check in the, in the audio file. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Toyo Tutorial. was big time. I don't need a
2: picture with these guys. I, I'll see well, them
1: later. I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't even, I, I was just like, so not because, you know, it's a, it, yeah. like you say, it's a stressful thing to do. And since it's one of your least favorite things to do in the process after a while, I, I like my head just wasn't even there. I was yeah. like, Oh uh-huh. yeah. Oh yeah. That should happen too.
0: It could feel almost like a, an extension of the job. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about with hosting of like, you know, being like having to remember the credits, having to maybe do more time. Um, something I, I believe I got from you and Alex Perlman, actually, and um, from them boys, uh, the podcast you guys host, of hosting uh, being like your jukebox yes. up there. Yes. Very okay. much just like, oh, yeah, well, your content necessarily isn't the most important part. It's good if you can, if you're able to hit those points, like the job points and then yeah. do your thing then you could be that special surprise of like, oh, wow, that was actually very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I aim for whenever I host of like, just be very pleasant, just <laughs> be very right. pleasant up there. And uh, for the most part, they'll uh, maybe ask you back sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Your best bet is to be a surprise. Yeah. As a, as a host. Cause I'm, Oh man, I'm almost, I'm almost say it. It's not expected for the host to be good. It just isn't. Right. I've been, I've, I'm yay, man. I remember doing funny bone in upstate New York and the, like the host was very green
3: mm.
1: and it was. And I was sh- I was shocked. I was flabbergasted. I could not <laughs> believe what I was seeing because of where because where I stay at, there was a demand for the host to be incredibly efficient, right, incredibly effective. You almost had to be overly prepared for the situation <laughs> to the point that like and then to go to be an upstate and to work their funny bones and their hosts were new yeah and it was just like so it's not even expected that the the host is to be particularly competent, which is why it's even so much more important that you be very competent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. like that. because it ain't the, it ain't the norm. it's not the norm. so go above that norm. The norm is not great in every place. so yeah. be well above that.
0: I think it also mentions like where you go to, yeah, or a thing of like, yeah, because I've seen some spots where it's like one of the first comedy shows I ever went to like before even doing comedy was like the Hawk comedy club in times square. Yeah. And literally the host was probably the one of the, my best takeaways from it. Yep. I still remember like the way out were able to engage the crowd, yep. seeing crowd work for the first time and like, Whoa, he really just pulled that out of nowhere sort of <laughs> thing. Like I still remember his sets throughout the night and how like you, he was able to like tie everything back in. And I'm sure like the features and the headliners they are good too, but like, the host of that one, it was like, oh, that seemed like they got someone that they know is also funny.
1: Yeah. And then that used and, the other ones. And that host was probably in a position where they were also a feature. Yeah. You know probably, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, maybe, and maybe we're headlining a one night. It was just like the context. So, like, yeah, the best compliment that you can get as a host is when someone comes up to you and says, you were my favorite part of the show, yeah. which I have heard which I've heard when I when I will totally disagree with their take because I know who the headliner was. And I think that person's like one of the funniest humans to ever exist. But I appreciate their sentiment. I appreciate the sentiment because it was real to them. And it's like, oh, that was you being that pleasant surprise, you know, but also it's like, keep in mind, there are some again, like, for instance, I'll never forget this. Uh, Context is important. This was years ago before all the news came out uh, and everything like that. But I remember Chip Chantry hosted for Louis C.K., and guess what that is a totally appropriate situation like it's like no that is correct that was louis ck at that time and chip chantry had to go out there and you know what the first thing chip chantry said he said hello welcome to helium comedy club i am the one keeping you from louis ck you have to deal with me and it it, it cracked him so hard so hard because he's because here's a headliner who's worked with killers like Chappelle and, and, and uh, Bob Saget and you know guys like that, who has done every part of the job, who's been a host for years, who would then be a feature, who would then be a national headliner, who's he's played every part. So the fact that it's, oh, I'm working with one of these legend dudes. I know, oh, okay, you need me to do what, how much? Okay, cool. I get to work with that guy, which helps me still, even though like I'm ascending and I know how to do this job front to back. Yeah, and and he and it was a masterful, it was a masterful performance, especially learned, if you if you know Chip Chantry and his style of humor.
0: That's like an example of beyond the jukebox. Yes, if you ever do a show on comedy about hosts? Call it Beyond the Jukebox. Yeah, right, it's yeah. just like we chronicle the life of a host going through their days.
1: Yes, yes. So,
0: so Tito,
2: you, you Kirk mentioned your, your podcast, Them Boys. You host that. Um, do you host?
1: And was it last time you like hosted and ran your own room? You know what I mean? Oh, bro. Uh, you know, what's so funny? Uh, probably like 2015 after 2015, 2016, because I, I ran Raven from 2013 to 2015. Mm-hmm. And I remember giving the game away. I remember letting that go. And I actually haven't gone back to running a, a, a room yet. Now I have helped out on rooms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, okay. So if like, let's say when, uh, uh, when, uh, sucks was going on, and Kat would be like, "Yo, can you host this half?" I'm like, "Okay, cool." But in terms of actually like running and doing the promotion and all that other stuff, man, Raven Raven was a battlefield. Yeah. And my and the job and I was I wanted that room to be get as close to what Center City had it as, mm-hmm. um, because it was necessary for myself that the room be good when I run it, um, and you know just to keep up with that with that lineage. Um, but yeah, that room was a lot. That room was a lot, not just from the perspective, not just from uh, dealing with comedians, but just dealing with the owner. You know, the space was a lot. And I was sort of the de facto leader in that I was there first. I was the first one there, uh, you know, uh, last one to leave, in charge of doing promotions, all that, dealing with the egos of the talent, dealing with the the, the needs and wants of the owner. Uh, so after two years, man, that kind of that – I was, I, was on good. I was good I because
0: it was it was like uh, I, I know they've they kind of like switched different hosts. But while you were doing it, it was like around five hosts.
1: Yeah, there were. It was Brian Six. Initially, the original crew was Brian Six, John Del Calo, Matt McCusker and myself. And okay. then it morphed into the, the core of that group. Then more so became Keen Cobb, uh, Brian Six, uh, Charles Bliznick for a time and myself. That sort of became like the core of my two year tenure, uh, with, within that.
0: That's a wild group right there, yeah, uh, man.
1: Yeah, we were doing wild well, things.
0: I'm curious, uh, some insight on this. You mentioned dealing with the comics, mm. uh, sort of thing. Like, we talk about being on stage and commanding stage and being so that like they can't even give you the lights sort or of thing. Mm. Being on the other end of that, how was that navigation in terms of like maybe telling a comic, like, hey. A uh, Kurt Metzger just came in, or hey, we haven't really seen you before. This is a lineup you may not be on until like one one a.m. Um, what what were some of those workings like?
1: I found those to be very direct conversations, right? So to me, the vast majority of them, I shouldn't have to tell you. If the if the headliner from the club comes in, you know what it is. They are not. <laughs> they ain't. They ain't. They ain't doing five minutes. They right. they they, they, just, they just aren't. They aren't doing five minutes, bro. They're going to do like uh, we were like, okay at the very least, they do in 20. That's just what it is, because it helps us. It makes us look better. It makes the show better. Um, And and then you got to sit there and have the uncomfortable conversation with some cats and be like, hey, man, you know, we don't know you. Nobody's vouched for you. Um, So, you know, we will try not to bury you, but we can't guarantee that it's going to be early, Mm -hmm. uh, an early night for you. And then in some cases, especially if you are new, I'd be straight with them like, yeah, you're going to go later. But you know, and I know that can be demoralizing. If you need to leave, I get it. Um, At the same time, if you choose to stay, hey man, that's really good on you. I know it's not easy. The best advice I can give you is when you go up there, try to act like it's nine o'clock again. If you spent Mm. your whole night here, you spent your whole night here, and you chose to be here all night, you owe it to yourself to go up there and have as good a set as you possibly can. It is very easy to get demoralized. But if you actually wanna do this, this ain't the half you, you just going to need to power through this. And it was, and I, and I found that if I just tell you that up front, if I tell you that immediately more often than not, people would carry it well, because I wasn't, I wasn't being deceptive. I was just yeah. being straightforward and, you know, i was yeah. just letting you know off rip.
2: Yeah. I like that, that. The line you said, act like it's nine o'clock again. You yeah. know what right. I, good, I, I, I wish someone would have told me that because had, like at one time, I never forget when I first started comedy. Like I got bumped to the end of the the mic like two weeks in a row, and I was like the first to sign up. I got pushed, like, yeah, twenty fifth, and I tried to fight the host.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I
2: would, I'd never forget it. And I, I I remember like after I was like a couple more years, and I finally seen the host actually at Fergie's one night, and I I apologized to him like yo man, I was wrong like i didn't understand comedy etiquette i just thought you were being disrespectful you know what i mean have you ever had anyone try to get like aggressive with you about where where oh yeah
1: oh yeah i've had i've had i've had i think there's probably more but i can't either i can't remember or the guys who were running the room with me just didn't want me to know that information so they just never told me which is also very likely but no i can remember five situations where guys wanted to get at me and, oh, in okay, every, okay. And, in every, and in every situation, they were incorrect. And in three of those situations, the, they apologized. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's one of those, it's like, I, I always look at it like this. When you are performing in front of an audience, you have to keep in mind that the audience is bringing their week into that show. They're bringing mm-hmm. their day into that show, right? Your job is to make them forget about the shit that is their lives right. while getting yourself over, right? Um, comics are much the same way. So, when you run in a show like that, running a show like Raven, goodness, dude, we would have 60 people sign up. Like, yeah. you know, just a crazy number. So, these comics are bringing their day and, in many cases, their mental disorders <laughs> into, into this situation. Yeah. So, and, and again, in every single one of those situations, I was as clear as I possibly could be because I knew the truth is the only tool that I have to let them know that this is not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It will only be personal if you disrespect the room. Right. And even that, if you disrespect the room, it only becomes personal because then it's like, well, you're bad for the show.
3: Right. You know what I'm
1: saying? Like, if you're bad for the show, then there's an issue. But I don't want this to be personal because I this, this is just my job. I don't want to, in every single instance, nine times out of 10, it's like, I don't even want to know that person all like that. Yeah. But the most, uh, I think the, the funniest one, was this guy? Uh, and I ain't gonna say his name because that would be that would be talking about someone who doesn't matter. Uh, but he was, and I let him know what it was. I just let him know what it was straight up. I'm like, hey man, yeah, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I you, I know you want to go up first half and everything like that. That's just not gonna be how it is, you know. <laughs> but here's what I will give you. And he goes up there. It doesn't go well. He tries oh, to go over. And the rule we used to have is, if you going over, we're just gonna turn the music up on you. Right. Yeah, that was it because we had to keep the show running right right it's not a, it, it is not a meritocracy right it just isn't you know what i'm saying it's like okay well you 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 not this you're actually killing the show you're going over i'm turning the music up on you and uh music gets turned up on him and then he's just like just starts motherfucking me and everything's oh. like you want this you want some of this you want some? and you i just specifically
0: remember, yeah, you oh, thing, me,
1: me. and i just remember like and again keep in mind I just always looked at it like this. Hey, think about the mentality of a person who leaves a very comfortable life in Columbus, Ohio to move to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what do you think I am with? So I just remember standing up and I'm be like, You serious right now? And he starts yelling. And I remember being like, he just starts yelling. I'm like, You don't raise your voice at a grown man.
3: Right. And he
1: just stopped.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> and he just
1: stopped. And I was like, get off the fucking stage.
3: Yeah.
1: And he just got off the stage. He and then as he goes, yeah.
3: yeah,
1: I was like, bro, like, are you? I've been here since I remember that day. I've been there since five o'clock cleaning up the room. Yeah, I was like, bro, you not? This is not gonna happen. And yeah. if it does happen, I mean, one, how ridiculous would that be? You really trying to at a where are we supposed to be making people laugh? You want to engage in fisticuffs right now? Yeah nigga talk to your therapist bro <laughs> what the fuck i don't know what to, to do that that was the one that was sort of like weirdly the most ridiculous but there yeah. were others that dudes would be like oh, i can't believe it i'm like hey man you need to stop and generally it was i if generally i i was very dispassionate about every encounter because it's like you are projecting your anger i am the sort like you think that i'm the one doing this yeah. when realistically bro, this is just what this is sometimes
3: yeah
2: so
1: you're trying to put this on me realistically, I'm not going to give you what you want because that would personalize this issue. Right. And I, and we don't need that.
0: Cause they're it's coming just, in with their weak, Like you mentioned sort of thing, like they're coming in with other stuff and it's, it's almost like, Oh, here's a triggering factor yeah. that's going to release the anger. And then it's and, easy to put that on to the one person.
1: And given that we run in this show, nah, I have to understand that, but I have to be a constant. My homies mm-hmm. who run the show with me, we have to be a constant. So, so while we may know this and hate the shit that you do, this is the job that we have chosen to do as a result. No, this cannot be a personalized situation. Nah, you got to get over there. it's not, that's not how we're doing this.
0: It's good that you got a team too.
1: Yeah. And there would definitely be times like at, I remember there was like a, a month period where King Cobb would not let me stay the whole night. He'd be like, you need to go home. Mm. He's like, you need to go there. two are too many. They trying to get out. And he was like, cause <laughs> you, Because you talk to everybody. So since you talk to everybody, the ones who like flip out, they even when you tell them the truth, you're the only one that's really talking to them. So you're the only one they think they can get at. And I'm like, yeah, but we got to talk to them because if we don't talk to them, and we leave them in the dark. They start coming up with conspiracy theories in their fucking head Mm.
3: because if they
1: can't if they're getting no information, they'll come up with bad information. (laughs) You know what I'm
0: saying? You kind of touched us a little bit uh, earlier. Of like, okay, if you're going to a mic that goes on until after 1 a.m. And you know that you may be going up that late. And if you know that's going to be an issue for you, don't go to that mic. Yeah. Just simply just don't go to that mic. You know, like, obviously, if you want to, like, really work on the skill sets that that mic can give you, you know, stick it out. But if that's, like, that much of a matter where you're going to be, like, contesting it with the people that run it, I don't think you should ever go into a room and tell the people how to run their show.
1: Yeah, but bro, I've had, I've had, I've had comics try to bribe me. (laughs) I've had comics be like, I will give you money. You want to fuck my girl? Like, real shit. (laughs) and I remember this, this, this older gentleman came to this, my real suave dude. You know what I'm saying? You could tell he was a problem when he was a young man. And he was like, Hey man, you know, let me just give you $200 right now. If I just get up early, you know, I was like, uh, and he brought people. I was like, I can't do that. that's
0: not a bad deal. What do you mean you couldn't? Nah,
1: but the thing of nah, but it's like nah, bro. That's information to be used against me later. I do do that, and it's like if you're willing to bribe me, you are willing to talk about having bribed me. If that bribe goes through successfully, I take that money. I take that money. You tell people I take that money, Mm. and then and then and then I'm done. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You don't come back from that one. You know? I was like, nah, I can't even. And I was like, I appreciate it, but you know, uh, you know, you know, you know. I was like, you know, I cannot do that. You know, mm. I can't do that. I was honest. I was like, sir, I don't even know you like that. What's to say you wouldn't sit there and go tell people that I do this. Then all of a sudden you bring in your homies and all they know is they just got to pay me to right. do that. Then 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 that becomes a part of my narrative. Bruh. Hey, man, mm. listen and that's not all money is good money. That's, that's foresight right
0: there. Yeah, that's that some foresight right that's there. Being
1: raised by a Nigerian woman. <laughs> She's like, always <laughs> think ahead. Always think ahead. Like,
2: yeah, you 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 were a good man to it.
1: Hey, (laughs) hey, hey, man! My cell phone bill was due. I was stressed. (laughs) I needed that money, and I said, "Nah, you you can you can hold that. That's yours." (laughs) You know, but yeah, going up at twelve (laughs) forty five. You you always have to. In my experiences, you always have to give people information. If we're cutting time, we got to tell you we're cutting time. So that we got to tell you immediately. We got to make an announcement on that. Also, we have to make an announcement that some of y'all who drink, you got to tip the bartender. It's a lot of like, you yeah. know, and that's not even dealing with the audience. Then you got to deal with some audience members who are like trash, and you're like, you gotta get out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's just sort of what it is. But I think uh, the breaking point for me in terms of leaving that show, and I, I didn't even think about it. Uh, I I hadn't even thought about it. I like, Fuck, I haven't really run anything since. It was one. Two years is kind of like, should be your max. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Especially if running a showcase, a mic that basically runs itself like a showcase. So right. two years should be, you kind of should be onto something else. You know what I'm saying? After that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what it was, was like, I remember just being tired of dealing with the egos of performers. Performers who were already in good positions. In uh. good positions. And I remember there was one particular week where the room was full and it was the rough night. It's one of those weird nights at Raven when there are people there, but they are tight. Yeah. And we had made decisions and we were calling audibles because a lot of times, you know, I remember our first half used to be, sometimes you just had to call an audible. You'd be like, all right, energy's dipping. Nah, that person needs to go up next. We yeah. can't wait. We can't wait. We got to put them up because you had to keep this show going because we had to turn a profit. You know, these shows, we had a, we had to make a thousand dollars in sales a night. Yeah. No. We had to clear that. By so yeah. Yeah. So it was like stressful. And we been, if we didn't clear it, I was hearing about it. Um, so, and I just remember we were making, we were trying to make these audibles. We were, and we gave a look to a comic who had something and they did not have a good set, but we were willing to take the risk. And then we try to call another audible and it just didn't work. Comic goes, the comic who had the issue, they go up and they're just like, you know, you guys were great. These hosts don't know what the fuck they're doing. I, I didn't even remember that because the yeah. night, okay, cool, 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 whatever you shit on us. That's fine. It's part of the business. I feel nothing. Uh, the next day, <laughs> They slide in our DMs and just say the wildest, most disrespectful shit. Oh, damn. And I remember messaging everybody in the group and being like, don't respond. I was like, don't say anything. If you respond with the same type of energy that you're getting right now, that person is going to post that. That person is going to use all of that. Don't respond. Yeah, I was like, don't respond. I'll talk to them. And I spent the whole day talking to this grown person. (laughs) about a fucking mic right and i remember being like yo man i stand on what i stand on that's just the night it was and you can say all this disrespectful stuff like but again this is not personal you're not gonna get me to go there bro that's not i'm here i'm here to work do my job become a better comedian i do not have time to be caught up in this disrespect i just don't i don't have time to do it so you know we had the conversation he appreciated me for having the conversation with him uh And I was like, and I did appreciate the conversation because we were just having, I'm like, all right, cool, man. It is what it is. You know, it it ain't nothing, but I I know what you said. I know how you think of me and that, and that's totally fine. Right. The next week, um, packed room again, smoke show. Everybody crushes. Everybody Mm. does great. Everybody murders. Everybody destroys. He goes up, he crushes. Nice. And then he goes, and then the half ends, and he's like, hey, man, great show, and, and goes to shake my hand. I shook his hand and i remember being like i'm done
2: yeah i I was like
1: i'm done because i was like oh yay bro i ain't even from here this ain't even this ain't even my home east coast ain't my home i came you know what i did this to to help me because it ain't altruistic but also Mm -hmm. in in a sense it did help this the scene so like and all in that all you know what i ain't even from here y'all more from here than i am y'all can have it back
0: what a part about him shaking the hand what what part of that did that for you of weird, like level, just...
1: weird, weird level of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> weird, right. you know, Zan is like weird level. No, nah, man, listen, I believe you when you say what you say about me. Yeah. yeah. So let's just keep that moving. You can say great. I could like, listen because it was that that's also a factually true thing. Um, But in that moment, it was like, hey, man, don't nobody. Er- nobody wants to give you mad. Pro- when everything goes well, you don't hear shit. Right. It's when yeah. things don't go to plan on those rare instances because when you cultivate a thing when you can guarantee its success more often than not and it goes wrong on those instances on those rare instances where it doesn't work out the way that it should which will happen that's when all of a sudden everybody got something to say they don't have anything to say for those other five weeks of great stuff it's that one-off week that everyone wants to focus in on and i remember just being like yo man i don't want to be in service to other comedians I, was, I just I, I was like, I just don't want to be in service to other comedians when if I actually in, in that point in my head, I was like, I I want to I'm doing this. I already have to be in service to the audience. I have to be in service to the bookers. I have to be in service to all this. Th- I got to be in service to all these other people. Yeah. And then I got to be in service to a bunch of comics. Some of them grown. Some of them are doing very well. No, nah, right. I'm I'm OK. I'm OK. And, it's and to recognize I recognize that. Yeah, and I didn't, and I because I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get overly jaded because comedy will jade you, and the entertainment industry will jade you. And I was like, so as a result, I was like, nah, if I stay in this too long, that's gonna cause unnecessary jading. I need to get out of that because there are gonna be other things that are gonna frustrate me, and this can no longer continue to be one of them. Plus, I've done my two years, and I think I'm good.
0: Yeah, the idea of mixing passion, something that you enjoy, with a career. Um, yeah. Is something that I and it's interesting getting the insight of that side of it of like oh the actual job and logistical side of running what's supposed to be a fun night yeah of like really hearing that side of it um I I think it's kind of kind of builds that comparison even more of like oh yeah this is something that you love doing but you got to be careful doing what you love because you're gonna run to that side of it as well exactly.
1: You got to think about the human element of it as well. I remember for two years, my Fridays were ruined for two years straight. I would be so tired. I Mm. couldn't do a whole lot. if I had a show. Raven,
0: for those that don't, is on Thursday nights. Yeah. So the next morning, Fridays.
1: Yeah. So like literally Raven took up the bulk part of my week. Every Friday, I was thinking about the next Raven. Like it it just never ended. I was in a continual loop. I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning, Thursday morning, and already have people texting me that they're coming through. You know what All I'm right. saying? Like established dudes texting me that they're coming through. I've, I've become a worse partner to my girlfriend at the time because yeah. I'm just out, you know, I'm just out here in the street. I am becoming a less functional person. <laughs> and and I, and I think that uh, that was me. That was one of the first times I was really, no, you actually have to be a functional human being as well as a functional comedian. Some yeah. people can be not functional as people and they can still be very successful comedians. Hey, bro, I don't think that's to you you know I, I think you actually have to be a functional person and also have to be in order to be a functional comedian so it, it was it, it was creating sort of a boundary right there you know what I'm saying because that was a weekly running a monthly show would be a different thing entirely uh, mm. but it's never come to my mind to do that plus like by that point I was just like now nah, I'm making a go of this and then you know I started working clubs and stuff like that which was cool so I was like okay well then get better in these spaces. And do you do the burb shows, do the club shows, do all that other stuff like yeah. do, you know, do these things, be a better comedian, You've learned mm-hmm. how to be a, a facilitator of comedy. And mm-hmm. from from the from the logistical aspect of it, uh, continue to be a strong comedian. And, and that right.
0: you are. Satoyo. Well, yeah, man. it's, you. it's cool you, your trajectory. Um, even you. just the idea of like, oh, put the, those years in now, like doing the clubs, suburban shows. I see you did the Nigerian Prince show. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. Yeah, that was, yeah, really that was like on like what Valley Forge.
1: Yeah, it's Elm Valley Forge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not too yeah. far. From that. that's right. Straight, straight up, straight up Nigerians, Liberians, all that stuff. And, you know, <laughs> we was in, was in Yahoo business. You know, what I'm saying like I had write ups done on us, and you know, yeah. it was cool. It was a fun. It was a fun time. But it's like, yeah, that's the shit that you should be doing, establishing your like your brand or your base. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, all right, cool. You've done the taking care of comics thing. You've done that. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you need to do it for the purposes of building up yourself. If you um, got a banging, if you have a banging ass show that establishes you because, you know, real dudes, you know, and, and when I say dudes, I mean human beings who are very proficient at comedy when you and, and it's like, yo, come on to my show and your show got buzzed like that. Do that shit. because yeah. that helps you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, it only builds up you and your brand. So it's like, there was that I ran Raven, and when I ran Raven, initially I needed it more than it needed me, and then it got to a point where I was like, "Oh, you need me more than I need you." The Ultimate job
0: facilitator, is- yeah. yeah, you know the job, you know the ins yeah. and outs, sort of. Yeah. Thing. As a result, the job
1: the job has been done. My my tenure is complete.
0: Man, but, appreciate uh, the inside, man. Um, uh, this is a uh, this has been fun. This is yeah. this we got a lot of like uh, comedy. Uh, we always try to discuss comedy on here, but it's nice having, uh, uh, what I deem a heavyweight, uh, to drop some knowledge on. So we appreciate that, man. Um, Yeah, man. What are some, where, where can the people find you? The people in these streets, uh, where, where, where can I find you at?
1: You can, you listen, you can find me on all the social media platforms at Satoyo one. That is S E T O I Y O one, um, on all the things at that, um, in terms of, I mean, I'm at punchline tonight, but y'all ain't going to be there because it, <laughs> it can't time-wise, it cannot. Uh, no, but I post I post all my shows and I post the things that I have uh, coming up. I, I do, I think, have some rather big news coming up and it is confirmed, but not enough to my liking to where I feel like saying anything yet. Right. But yeah. when, but you follow me on the platforms, when it is confirmed in a way that mm. satiates me, you will be <laughs> the first to know. And it is a humdinger, I tell you that.
0: Nice. Damn, looking forward to that. And, uh, also, check out his podcast, them boys, Alex Perlman. Shout out to Alex Perlman. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely check that out. Um, Alan, where can people find us? Where, where you, you speak for me. Where, where can they find us?
2: Um, you can find Kirk on my Instagram at Alan Massenberg. Uh, Very true. Very true. <laughs> uh, yes. No. Yeah. Follow us everywhere. Property Bonics. You know the Twitter. We got nine followers now, so we're doing good.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, what is today's? Day? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you've been doing uh, comedy at recently, though? Today, I I blocked off today with comedy for the Usman Covington fight <laughs> a month in advance. Like no, um, so yeah. for me, um, I'll be at the lab in Ambler uh, on the 18th. Uh, Megan Getz show. She's doing it out there. And uh, on the 25th, uh, hosting a, uh, a Thanksgiving uh, band jam in Bethlehem with the Groove Merchants. So Groove <laughs> if you want to see me, Tyler Rothrock, Emily Posh, and the Groove Merchants, along with some other bands uh, outside the Steel Factory, come through.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. We well, thank you all nice. for tuning in. To Toyo,
1: thank you again for joining us. Yeah, man. Us. Thank you very much. Thank you all for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah
0: like subscribe we're around episode 100 peace Peace.
1: in case i die
3: this is like the sound of my life out here sipping rose they got me
1: right leave a legacy like a will I ain't even kidding, I'm for real. And if the reaper come, I'ma fight back. And
3: know that I'll be squaring up until my life.